Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Josie and I will read the scripture together. It is from Psalm 139, uh, verses 1 through 6, and then 13 through 18. Josie, you get here on the microphone because we want to hear your melodious voice. Come on. Let it go, brother. So listen for this word. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Eternel, tu m'examines et tu me connais. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. Tu sais quand je m'assieds et quand je me lève. Tu discernes de loin ma pensée. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Tu sais quand je marche et quand je me couche, et toutes mes voix te sont familières. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. La parole n'est pas encore sur ma langue, que déjà éternelle, tu la connais entièrement. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Tu m'entoures par derrière et par devant, et tu mets such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Une telle connaissance est trop extraordinaire pour moi et elle est trop élevée pour que je puisse l'atteindre. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. C'est toi qui as formé I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. Je te loue de ce que je suis une créature si merveilleuse. Tes œuvres sont admirables et je les reconnais bien. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Mon corps n'était pas caché devant toi lorsque j'ai été fait dans le secret, tissé dans les profondeurs de la terre. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. Je n'étais encore qu'une masse informe, mais tes yeux me voyaient. Et sur ton livre était inscrit tous les jours qui m'étaient destinés 
afin qu'un seul d'entre eux n'existe. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Que tes pensées, O Dieu, me semblent impénétrables, que leur nombre est grand. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Comment les compter? Elles sont plus nombreuses que, je, que les grains de sable. Je me réveille et je suis encore avec toi. Ceci, c'est la parole du Seigneur. Glow à Dieu. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Sure. 
Last Sunday, I went to church, or I left church, and I went to Chicago to visit the Art Institute of Chicago right after church. I was listening to my Spotify music list, and as soon as the skyline appeared on the horizon, you know, as it does when you're on Highway 55 or 57, 55, 55, as soon as that, that city appeared on the horizon, I kid you not, this song came on. That song literally was playing. I was driving and swerving down the lanes. This is when I was first introduced to classical music at the Carpenter Center up in the high balcony. There it was Holst's Planets, the first classical music program that ever kept me awake. It was the timpani that did it, those guys pounding on the drums. And this song as I'm coming into Chicago. So about eight minutes later, when I was finally pulling onto Michigan Avenue... Sister Sledge was singing, We Are Family. Now I'm not going to play that song, but let's sing it together. Are you ready? Amy, you mind leading us? We are family. I got my, my sisters with me. Yeah, it was great. So I'm, I'm pulling on a Michigan Avenue, and I'm thinking, yeah, baby, we're family for sure. All the people scurrying across the, the crosswalk, the people lounging in the park. I like Chicago, and it's good to be f surrounded by so many family I had yet to meet. Um, I'd come to Chicago for just a 24, actually it was a 26-hour break, mainly to take a little bit of a breather. I had dinner on Sunday night with a friend, um, and, and I came to visit my old friends at the Chicago Institute of Art. These paintings there, they feel like old friends, like family. And I love wandering through. She's singing. See, she's singing. I love wandering through those galleries, stopping to meditate in front of these masterpieces that help me better to see the world. This is Mark Chagall's White Crucifixion. I took a busload of you to see it before pandemic, and we stood not three feet away from that painting, about four by four, maybe five by five. It's a beautiful beautiful painting. And this painting reminds me that Jesus the Messiah is in the very center of our universe, the very center of our lives. Here he is in the middle of a world of mass destruction. This was painted in the late 1930s. Chagall was a devout Jew. He was not a Christian, but he painted the white Messiah in several contexts. Here is the world's violence our brothers and sisters who are Jewish. Jewish people are being hunted and killed. You see them in each panel. Refugees are trying to escape. The synagogue is being desecrated. That's where those flames are coming from. And I know that you can't see it closely, but when you do, when we go together again, you will weep there on that taped line which you cannot cross as you look at that, at that painting. The synagogue is being desecrated. The saints above Jesus' head are weeping. They're floating in the sky, weeping, hands and faces. And at the crucified feet of Jesus is, is our lights, our candles, representing hope, shedding light in tumult. God knows the world needs light. Light that no dark can extinguish. 
This is an important painting in our world, friends. You know that. You've seen this. You probably love this painting too. This is a very important part of the permanent collection at the Art Institute. And Marc Chagall and the White Crucifixion is one of my dear friends. So is Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia O'Keeffe. This is called Black Cross, New Mexico. Now, Georgia O'Keeffe, you know her from the end of the gallery at the Impression Depressionistic paintings, as you're heading down the stairs, the giant uh, uh, canvas of clouds. That's Georgia O'Keeffe as well. Uh, this picture is in the American section of the museum. It conveys the same reminder as white crucifixion, and that is God is in the midst of all creation, including the Black Hills outside of Abiquiu in New Mexico. Now, when I look at nature, I don't need a cross, as Georgia O'Keeffe has placed there. I don't need a cross to remind me that God is in the center of creation and that creation is God's gift. I don't need a cross to remind me, but she does remind me. I don't need a cross to remind me when I look out at the world that God made the world, God loved the world, God redeemed the world and everybody in it, and God has given us creation as a holy treasure, a means of life, for food and water and beauty. This picture here, this next one, is Georgia O'Keeffe. It's called Spring. It's probably early Georgia O'Keeffe because she didn't paint many pictures like this later in life. And she lived to be 98 and painted and did a sculpture until she died. We catch a glimpse of God in the desert at sunset and in the colors of spring. For the preacher... Sunday is never far away. You know, you get done with one sermon, you think, oh, I'm done with the sermon. You know, and it, it worked okay, maybe, or it didn't work, but done. But, but before you take your Sunday nap, you're thinking about next week's sermon. You're, you're never far away from Sunday. The preacher is never far away from Sunday. So I had begun to study for this sermon. I made myself read the lectionary before I went to the Art Institute. Um, and I walked through the galleries contemplating today's psalm, Psalm 139. The great truth of this psalm is that God knows us. God knows the real us. God knows the inner us, right? There is no hiding from God. There is no need to hide from God. There's no fooling God. God is with us. We are hemmed in by God. God is in front of us and behind us. This is enormously good news that God knows us so well. God really knows us. No need for pretension. God knows us. We don't need to pretend. We don't need to be somebody else. We are good enough to be ourselves. God knows us. God knows the real us. God loves us. Museums are filled with paintings of beautiful people dressed well in perfect posture. This next picture is John Singer Sargent. And you know, John Singer Sargent is noticed, uh, known for being a great portrait artist. And he, he has mainly women, but women and men in such beautiful clothing. And they, they are uh, clad in light. That's one of the great things about his work. So, here's a picture of um, Madame uh, Louise Lefevre. Uh, his subjects are exquisitely frame, uh, framed. They're lusciously painted. They're just beautiful. The paintings and the clothes and the scenery and the people are perfect. But we don't always feel so perfect, do we? This picture is not a picture. It's a 
uh, sculpture of Hadrian, Emperor Hadrian. Famous people often paid artists to paint or carve them more handsomely than they were in real life. Uh, was Emperor Hadrian this good looking? Uh, was he always having a good hair day? Look at that hair, man. That's great hair. Imagine, imagine carving that hair out of a hunk of marble. Imagine that. Um, was his face so smooth? Was he as tall and as broad shoulders, shouldered as artists depict him? Or did he have flaws that the world would see on canvas? Was he really missing a nose? The arts, you see, the arts can reveal, but the arts can also cover up. They can also cover up. With God, we can't cover anything up, of course. And this is the sort of thing your preacher thinks about walking through the 10 miles of hallways at the Art Institute of Chicago on a Sunday afternoon when next Sunday is only six and a half days away. This is what I thought about strolling the Art Institute on Sunday afternoon and on Monday morning. I went back. We can be ourselves with God. God made us. We are wonderfully made. Tell that to some of our neighbors at CU at Home who don't feel so wonderfully made, who feel somehow flawed or broken or damaged beyond the point of being useful or loved. No, for them and for us, God has made us and we are wonderfully made. Amen back there. She's saying it. Listen to her. We don't need to hide. We can bring our true selves to God. This is a Salvador Dali painting. Uh, and it's one of his more accessible paintings, if you ask me. I love Dali, uh, but some of them are, are like uh, just all over the place, like he's experimenting with drugs. I'm not sure. But here we have just a woman who's disappearing, a woman who's, who's fading away, who's literally uh, blowing away and becoming one with the atmosphere. Um, have you ever wanted to disappear as this woman now is disappearing? Whether it's by her own volition or not, she's disappearing. We can imagine soon that she will not be there. Have you ever wanted to disappear? Have you ever felt invisible? God notices us no matter how we feel, no matter how invisible we might be to other people. We don't need to hide. We are beloved. We are fearfully, wonderfully made. We need cover None of it up. This is Edward Hopper. And it's the famous picture, Nighthawks. Um, we may feel isolated. And we may feel all alone. But we aren't actually alone. We aren't ever alone. One name for Jesus, as you remember from our Christmas narrative, is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Edward Hopper created this mysterious, enigmatic scene. Uh, he took it from a scene of a diner in Greenwich Village. Uh, that diner particularly doesn't exist, I think. But notice, there's no doorway into that diner. And notice, too, the streets are entirely too clean. So this is like something maybe from, from uh, the Twilight Zone, perhaps. It's, it's like a stage set somehow. And these people, they are alone together. They are alone together. There may be some interaction, but you can tell it's slight. You can imagine it's cold outside. The men have their hats on, but the woman has a dress with short sleeves. Conversation is small there, 
and one gets the sense of being huddled in the night, um, estranged from, from the world, and barely together, if together at all. There's something unreal about this picture. And we've all felt this way before, I think. It's good to know that God knows how lonely this life can feel. It's good to know that God knows what we need. There are times when we feel we have it all together and all is right with the world. Take a look at this picture. This is Renoir, of course. It's in the uh, Impressionist uh, gallery, the beautiful wide, wide gallery. It's called Two Sisters. Just a beautiful picture. They seem to have it together, don't they? They're, they're well-dressed. They seem contented. Here is beauty and harmony uh, and belonging, right? We definitely get that impression from this picture. It's not staged or stuffy. Um, they seem comfortable in their skin. And, of course, they're beautifully arrayed. We know this feeling when life is all together and we feel like we, feel like we look beautiful and we fit right in. We know this feeling. Take a look at this Picasso. This woman under the pine tree, this is a lone woman under, or a nude, a nude under a pine tree. Uh, I'm showing you a naked person, but I'm not sure, I can't tell the parts personally. Um, we feel this way sometimes too. Unlike the contentment of Renoir, we feel like we have been cubed up and put back together all wrong. We imagine ourselves as broken or ill-fitting as this picture. I think of Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis, waking up, Gregor Mendel waking up one day, and he's a cockroach. Some days we wake up like this. Some weeks, some seasons, we feel discombobulated. These are the sorts of things your preacher thinks about looking at naked people in the Art Institute of Chicago on Sunday with Psalm 139 in his head. Art has a way of looking at the world. And each picture captures a single moment. Each picture distills or reimagines. Each picture distorts or enhances or magnifies. Each picture stops time. We belong to the creator of the cosmos. And that creator knows us, knows our thoughts, is acquainted with our ways, and knows what we are going to say before we can even find the words. God sees us from every angle, through all time. And God likes what God sees. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.